Welcome to the Happiness Podcast. I'm Dr. Robert Puff. In this week's podcast, we're going to look at the nature of addictions, why they are so powerful, why we turn towards them, and how we can turn away from them because of the consequences they ultimately deal out. Addictions come in all shapes and forms. We can all think of stories about people who are addicted to alcohol and drug abuse. They're very common throughout the world. One of my uncles who I grew up with and I was very fond of struggled with alcoholism. I even lived with him one summer and he was a very giving, loving person. But after years and years of drinking alcohol, it truly destroyed his life. He was a very handsome, loving, fun person to be around. He used to train animals for Hollywood. And one summer he drove all the way to Iowa with a lion that he pulled in a trailer behind his car and visited me as a little boy. It was so exciting. But his daily use of alcohol shriveled his body, aged him, took so many good years off his life. And before he died prematurely, he lived by himself and turned into a mean, unhappy man. My memories of him go back to his good years, but it is sad to think how his life was so cheated by his addiction to alcoholism. So what are addictions? Addictions are basically emotional painkillers. When we have something inside of us that is upsetting, disconcerting, and emotionally charged, we have two options. One option is to feel it, get over it, heal it, and get better. The second one is to stuff it, repress it, keep it inside of us, and distract ourselves. It's a lot like physical pain. If I have a horrible cut and I don't want to feel the cut and go to the doctor and get stitches and heal it, I can shoot painkillers into my arm and the cut won't hurt anymore, but it will get worse. It will ultimately turn to gangrene and it will kill me. Emotions really work the same way. They're just slower. We need to feel our feelings, get over them, heal, and move on. It's pretty simple, but it's very hard to do for many, many of us. Why? Again, the answer is simple. It's just the fact that in the short term, addictions work. They take away the pain. Now, when you have to feel something like that cut, it hurts at first. It can hurt quite a bit to clean out a cut. It can hurt quite a bit to clean out an emotional wound. We don't want to do that. We'd rather just not feel it. And if we turn to our addictions, they'll turn off that pain fairly quickly. Maybe not 100%, but they'll turn it off enough so that we don't have to pay attention to it anymore, at least for now. So addictions are anything that turn off our emotions now. What are they? There are an infinite number of addictions. We all know the big ones, drugs, alcohol, things like that. But there are many, many more, perhaps an infinite number more of addictions or things that we turn to to not face our feelings. They can be things like working too much, being really busy, striving for success. For example, I remember Albert Einstein is recorded to have said, several times that when his dear ones, people that he really loved, died, he just got really, really busy with his work in order not to feel the feelings 
and feel the hurt. But there also are more subtle forms of addictions. There's people I know personally who put all their energy into their children, raising their children so that they don't have to think about their own unhappy marriage. Or other people who, every time there's a problem, run away from the problem and just move on and go on to something else and leave the old friendship, the old job, whatever the problem is, and just don't deal with it and move on to something new, hoping that it will go away and all will be well. But turning towards turning off our feelings doesn't work. It's important that we face them, just like we wouldn't ignore a serious cut. It's important not for us to ignore serious emotional wounds. Even subtle ones matter. For example, there's an old friend of mine who every time she has a problem with a boyfriend or an intimate partner, she just leaves. She doesn't deal with it. She doesn't process it. She just moves on to the next relationship. And it isn't healthy for her because now she's building up and building up all these emotional wounds instead of facing them. It's important for us to feel our feelings. It's not hard. We just need to face them. There are basically two emotions that create healing. One is sadness. The other is anger. If we watch young children when they're upset, they get angry or they cry and then they feel better. We basically need to do the same thing. This podcast is on addictions, so I won't get into great detail about how to heal in this podcast. It's more about the nature of addictions and and making sure that they don't dominate our lives. Addictions can be very subtle. For example, many, many people turn towards sleeping pills because they can't sleep. And because they're on such a tight schedule, they need something. They have to have something to sleep. But that subtle pill to help them sleep, instead of being something we need tonight, it becomes something we need every night. And it dominates and controls our life as we get older. Addictions are very, very tricky. There are so many of them. And they can come in so many different ways. That's why it's important in order to avoid addictions, we have to do a lot of soul searching, a lot of looking into our hearts and saying, how am I doing? And I think the best way to do this is to slow down. Slow down, look at our lives and saying, hey, is there anything that I'm using on a regular basis that I can't walk away from? That's very important to me. And I, in a sense, need it. Or another way to look at it is, am I not wanting to look at something inside of me that requires some attention, some work to focus on and make sure that I'm not needing to turn it off, to run away from it? Again, it's subtle. That's why quiet time, meditation, meditation retreats are very important They help us look at ourselves so we can know how we're doing. And we're not smarter than addictions. What's important is to be aware of how things are going in our lives. And if we're turning towards something that we can't seem to walk away from, and we know it's causing us or others suffering, 
look at it and say, hmm, don't judge it, just say, hmm, what's causing this? And then spend some time exploring it. If it's a feeling that needs to be healed, heal it. If it's just a habit, learn to walk away from it. That's the best way to treat addictions. For example, let's say we struggle with a food addiction. We really love chocolate and eat too much of it. So each time we feel like eating chocolate to excess, instead, go for a walk. Distract our minds. Do something else. Walking is one of my favorite ways of turning my mind away from something that is unhealthy for me towards something that's healthy. Going for a walk is an awesome, awesome way of focusing the mind on something else. Try it. You might just like it. Addictions are a lot like mosquito bites. When they first bite us, that initial desire to itch is very strong. But if we focus our minds on something else, what happens is our itch gets quieter and goes away. Addictions really work the same way. We feel the addiction, we do something else, and it goes away. Remember, our minds can only be on one thing at a time. And addictions are fed by thoughts, by creating stories about, oh, it will be so great to have that right now. But if we focus our minds somewhere else, the desires slowly get weaker and go away. They may keep coming back, but with practice, they really go away. And there are so, so many addictions. It might overwhelm us to know how many things we're addicted to. And that's why I really encourage everyone, if we really want to be happy, we have to have that quiet time, that peace, that tranquility, our meditations, because without these, we really don't know ourselves. And knowing ourselves is half the battle of our step, our goal towards happiness and being happy. We can do it. It just takes time, effort, and awareness. So next week, we'll continue our exploration into the world of happiness. If you'd like to learn more about happiness, or if you're interested in exploring the world of meditation, I have a weekly podcast on meditation that I create also. Or if you're interested in going on a meditation retreat, I have those too. You can learn more about all these different things at www.meditation.com happinesspodcast.org that's happinesspodcast.org or if you'd like to contact me directly my email address is drpuff at cox.net that's drpuff at cox.net until next time accept what is love what is Do you ever wonder why some companies do so well, grow, and just seem to keep coming up with great ideas and keep expanding? While other companies are permeated with negativity, lawsuits, employee turnover, and just overall unhappiness in the workplace. Whichever corporate camp you find yourself in, or somewhere in between, the key to any company's ongoing success is to invest in and help their employees perform at their peak performance. There are very clear and specific things that people can do to perform well at work and in life in general. 
This is the focus of my podcast, and it's also the focus of my work. Being at the cutting edge of any market is sustained through investment, investment in training employees how to perform well. But sustained growth and productivity require specific psychological tools in order to continue to perform at peak levels. This is where I can help. I've been studying peak performance for over 30 years now, helping people all over the world. And there are very specific things that have to be maintained in order to sustain this level of performance. When companies invest in their employees, their employees are invested in them. Unfortunately, it's quite common for companies to be doing exceptionally well in the marketplace, but for unknown reasons, key employees make poor choices, leave the company, or start struggling and coping with stress-related illnesses. Companies that do well know their business really well, but human behavior works in mysterious ways unless you've been trained to understand the causes and cures of underperformance. If you're a forward-thinking company, perhaps it's time to think about giving your employees skills that may really help them perform well at work and throughout their lives. If you work for or manage a company and you're ready to learn the skills in order to survive and thrive in any market, in any conditions, or in life in general, I'd love to help. These are the skills I've learned. These are the ones I'd love to bring to your company. True lasting success has to be seen from a broader perspective, not just monetary. And if you're ready to bring about these changes, that's where I can help. To learn more, go to www.successbeyondyourimagination.com. That's successbeyondyourimagination.com. And whether we're at the doorstep of retirement or have many years to go, may we always be growing and be developing our skills not only as successful employees, but as successful human beings.